COVID-19 has had a negative impact on gender-based violence. The Solidarity Fund has identified GBV as one of its focus areas and has partnered with various organizations to assist with medical and psychosocial services, PPE, and access to shelters. To get help, call the National GBV Command Center on 0800-428-428 or visit the National Shelter Movement's website on nsmsa.org.za. Brought to you by the Solidarity Fund. Unity in action. So, Nogupumla Dineka is an acting director at Ikaile Temba Empowerment Center. They are running um, an initiative called the Green Door, and it's happening in Orange Farm. And this is an initiative by the Department of Community Safety in Gauteng. So, um, Nogupumla joins me now on the line. Good afternoon, Nogupumla. Thank you so much for talking to us. Good afternoon, ma'am. How are you? I am so well. Thank you so much for making the time to be with us this afternoon. Okay. Let's talk about the the opening of Green Door and that initiative. What what compelled you to put this initiative together? Okay. What 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 informed the Green Door project was the allocation of the police station in communities. What do I mean by that? We have a developing country in terms of the population and Initially, police stations were centered nearer to those locations than when they were established. But with the development of population now, police stations seem to be getting far and far away from the population, and communities can reach the police station as they need, or when there's a need for them to report the case of either sexual offense or domestic violence. So the idea was to make sure that communities that cannot reach the police station in the time of need are able to go to a green door site, a green door site being a safe space that we create for these victims. It's a situation whereby we want to accommodate a woman, child, a girl child, a boy child, or anybody who finds themselves being violated, having somebody running after them in terms of, um, in terms of um, 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 a perpetrator like running after them, make it like, like like trying to violate them, be physically or any other way, but trying to harm them. So the person can run into the um, space as it is a space that is safe, safe in the sense that as soon as you knock at the private space that we identified, with the help of the community who becomes volunteers, you go to that space, and then you we are received by a Green Door ambassador. These Green Door ambassadors are community members that we recruit, mm-hmm. that we train. When we say we train, we train them in terms of making sure that when they receive you, you are emotionally contained. Contained by making sure that you feel safe, even with your children, to you find yourself in a space that you say, now I can be able to catch my breath, I can be able to even look at myself in terms of Am I hurt anyway or whatever? But it's basically also a linkage to the police station that is community-based. Because police station is far, so the person can run to that clinical site and get help and be linked to the police station. When you say it's a linkage, does it mean that there will also be a police officer there? Will it act as a satellite police station? Are you able to report the crime there? No, it doesn't act like a satellite police station. What is happening as soon as you get into the Green Door site, we equipped our Green Door ambassadors with skills of containment, 
as I initially mentioned, but we also equip them with gadgets in the form of a cell phone. Immediately when the victim has been contained and she is able to speak and tell her a little bit of her story because we don't want to also tamper with the evidence, but the, the, the victim can indicate why she's there and all that. Immediately the Kindle ambassador speak or phone the police. We link the Kindle ambassadors to the police. Every sector car policing now and then do rounds of visibility to that green door and it's also linked to that green door via the number of a sector policing car and the green door ambassador. So immediately when a green door person or victim in fact come to a green door, the police are alerted and police have to come and take the green door ambassador. Or better yet, make a statement and take the victim to the hospital, depending to the need at that stage of the victim. Then the cases are opened at the police stations at CSC. They're not opened at the Kento. We do not promote that. I understand that this facility will be able to receive victims, but is it an interim solution? Is it a long-term solution? How long can victims stay there for? Victims are not allowed to spend more than four hours in each and every Kento. Why do we give four hours? We know our South African police services in terms of the resources of their health. They can take time to come and pick up the victim. So the victim is mainly when she or he is still the, the police, when they have the vehicle, they come and pick up the victim. Hence, we say four hours. No victim is allowed to sleep at the current door, Ambassador. No docket is allowed to be open at the current door because it is not a satellite police station. As soon as we do a satellite, you'll find communities flocking to even do AMA, AMA, what's this thing? A certifying of, yeah, AMA of affidavits. I mean, so I, it's mainly for, current do, for, 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 for domestic violence cases. It feels a little bit like the person who ends up getting punished is a victim. So if the police station is overwhelmed and you're saying that no victim is allowed to stay there for four hours, do we have alternative measures then to, to secure this victim? Yes. The Department of Community Safety currently has two um, shelters that are mainly for domestic violence and sexual offences and victims. Should it be in a case where the police are unable to come and pick up the victim, our social workers and our field workers are able to go and pick up the victim from the green door and bring the victim to the shelter. We have a shelter at Everton which is um, nearer to the Orange Farm. We also have another shelter at Brunfontein. And in both shelters, we have police that are in-house. So the victim is not inconvenient as as, as she is um, also going to be able to open a case within her comfort in terms of at the shelter. She can open the case there because we do have police that are in-house <laughs> that are linked to the South African police services. The concept itself, is it something that you are piloting and then you're going to roll out in other communities? Or is it, you know, I'm also trying to figure out Orange Farm is quite wide. Is it only one office of the Green Door or will there be many in the community? The commitment from the MEC's office is that the Green Doors needs to be ward-based. But that will be in line with the distance from the police station. We are looking at making sure that all the green doors, as they will be ward-based, they shouldn't be within the proximity of five kilometers, as they are given an opportunity to be for people who are staying five kilometers plus away from the police station.
So in Gauteng, we have 100 plus wort. So we're looking at making sure that those 100 plus wort have green doors. Currently, we have 36. The one that was at Orange Farm, it's, it's number 35, and we do have another one at Everton. So in each and every quarter, we are looking at making sure that we roll out at least nine green doors around the province. But we prioritize areas, mainly the ones that are infested with gender-based violence, and also areas that are in need, in dire need of, of such services. Mm. When I'm saying such services, most of the communities, they don't have your local NGOs that give them victim empowerment programs. So we do an environmental scan that looks at what kind of services are there in that community mm-hmm. and link them to those to green to, to documents and also making sure that we bring closer services of, of, of gender-based violence. It sounds to me like you've got programs that are aligned to the Green Door as well to support yes. the, 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 the reception of the victims. And what are those programs? Come again, I didn't get that. that I was that saying that. it sounds like alongside supporting the victims um, when they are affected by gender-based violence at that time, there are programs as well that you're running. What are the yes. programs? Currently, what we have, we have a program that we call Gender-Based Violence Brigades. These are also volunteers that do a door-to-door in terms of making sure that we educate the communities about gender-based violence and also taking out cases that are not reported, take them out of the, co- of the homes and making sure that those people, they are linked to their reporting channels. To add on that, those brigades, what they also do, besides the, 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 the education and making sure that they take out cases, they also make sure that the victims are informed of where to get services that are of gender-based violence. The idea is let's spread the information around services of gender-based violence as, 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 as fast as we can. But in order for us to do that, it shouldn't be only on social media or on the media in terms of advertisement. But we go, we do the door-to-door. Our door-to-door or our programs are all word-based. Mm-hmm. To add on that, the other program that we do, you have reported a case as a victim. With an open docket, with the police, we do what we call, it's a kind of light session where we visit the victims' families, mainly on weekends. Why mainly on weekends? We believe that gender-based violence doesn't only affect a victim. It also affects the family in a form of a secondary victimization. Hence, we want to go to a family and link the family to what we call it's a psychosocial services, which are looking at long-term counseling, which are also looking at making sure that we link that family to any criminal justice system. What we speak to, we speak to them getting information from the very same investigating officer of knowing when is the court date, what is going to happen in the next court date. And we also link them to our social workers that are doing tracking. What we speak to, to tracking of services, we are the ones who speak to the prosecutor with regards to your case. Victims, when they go to court, are not given that priority. When you go to court, normally... The person that gets the priority is the perpetrator who's being told that today the case is going to be um, postponed because of this and that. The victim will be sitting at the waiting area waiting for a case 
who mind you by then it has been postponed in the morning and she's not informed so she's again violated again by waiting yet the perpetrator is the one who perpetrated who did her wrong but gets the first priority in terms of information so when we do tracking we make sure that we are the ones who advocate for the victim we are the ones who make sure that the victim by the time the case goes to court she knows what is going to happen if there's going to be an allocation of a lawyer, if there's going to be an application of blade, if there's going to be a postponement because there's something on the docket, the victim must be informed. To, so, were you able to assess the impact of these programs on the community so far? As I indicated, that the other programs of us are including our brigades. Mm. Our brigades, much as they also do the education, they are in a process of doing a survey. Survey is looking at looking at the impact, looking at are we in any chance doing any 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 improvement? Are people getting as much information that we are talking about? And with the number of communities that is growing, it's still a challenge. Hence, again, in Gauteng, we currently have 610 brigades. And we're in a process of processing of making sure that we increase their numbers. It, it, what do brigades indicate to be the challenge? Is it capacity? Is it what they're trained to do? Is it people receiving the information? Or is the community's attitude the problem? What, what do they state to be the problem? The problem mainly, is not, it has nothing to do with, the, with what you, you mentioned. The, the challenge is one, with the communities, you find that in one household, it's not one family. And the time spent now in one street tends to be so strenuous because in one home or household, it won't be one family. So you need to give yourself enough time to make sure that in one house, instead of you spending 30 minutes, you end up spending two or three hours and that becomes too much for one person. So that on its own is also strenuous in terms of, of, of the number of the brigades that we have. However, we have recently capacitated them by making sure that now we make their life to be easy in the sense that we are going digital. In terms of the information that they are receiving, when we collect the data, it's going to be more electronical so that it's easy for us to capture it. Mm-hmm. At, the same time, mm-hmm. at the same time, we have what we introduce, um, floor managers, volunteers. These are also additional programs at the police station. If you have visited a police station, you'll note that during the COVID-19, when people access police station, they have to queue outside because of the regulation. So we're trying to reduce that process of queuing with our floor managers, which are victims that speak to the people who are already at the queue to find out if you are a person reporting a gender-based violence case, then you are able not to stand in a queue, however, be ushered to go straight to the services, which we currently support and have in terms of the police station. They currently have what we call a victim empowerment center. Those victim empowerment center, they are in support of the services that you were asking of, 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 of Green Doors mm-hmm. that are looking at making sure that when a victim moves from Green Door, a victim is taken from the, by the brigades from the house, goes to the police station, open a case. Thereafter, at the victim-friendly room, it's capacitated with social workers. Social workers that belong to the NGO, but funded by the Department of Social Development. Mm. So in partnership with the social development, we make sure that they have a space that the victim can be able 
to tell their story or narrate their story without them being secondary victimized by in the or by, by telling their stories at the CSC. Mm-hmm. That is the customer care center where everybody can see you crying, where even the police themselves, the way they ask questions is not pleasant. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the victim-friendly room, where there's a social worker, before any other thing, after you have been emotionally contained, there's trauma depression sessions whereby they take you through so that whatever the case that we are reporting, mainly especially with the children and the adults that have been violated sexually, are able to tell their story and the information can be used as a credible story at court. Mm. I want to take some calls, if you don't mind, Mr. Neka. Uh, Nikita is calling from Kabecha. Hi, Nikita. Yes, hello. Greetings, Camilo, and your guest. Hi. So, as, uh, so I'm from Kabecha, right? Mm-hmm. And last week we were in court um, where the brutal murder mutilation, it, a lot happened in, in Kharika formerly mm-hmm. eight and a half but okay. when there was, uh, so I'm part of the of Embrace Diversity movement and ECDM and these are LGBTI organizations mm-hmm. trying to support the victims trying to be there before there's even a victimization of seeing queer people outside of pain, right? Mm-hmm. So when we went there and there's Nelson Mandela Bay LGBT Forum, we found out that there had been a, the Lulu's murder assault had been reported prior. Mm. And the police came, uh, they just searched, and then they came back only five days later with the sniffer dogs. And that's how Lulu's body was found, because the suspect had confessed to everything, right? Mm-hmm. And now the issue that I have is you are a victim, you go in there, you're not sure if there's a victim-friendly room where you'll be allocated, you're not sure if there's a police station dealing with family violence, uh, sexual assault or child abuse, or where there's just so much, the system, the systems and protocols are there, but they're not working. They're not working. And even I, when I had my case, which was a hate crime, I had to get my father to come to the police in second time for the case to be opened. Mm-hmm. And when I was in court, I found, I didn't even know what was happening. To attest what your guess is, I didn't know what mm-hmm. was happening. Mm-hmm. I had to wait, I had to wait, I had to wait. The case was postponed. I'm coming there, I'm, I'm, I'm a witness to my case. And was ushered into a room by the prosecutor, which I've never had to interact with before. And now I'm just being told to mediate. Mm-hmm. I'm being told to me. at this time I was I was I was suffering from uh, I had complications, health complications mm-hmm. due to this case and many things. And now, and my psychologist said it's, it's best if you just um, concentrate on yourself. Mm. So this matter is I can see that you you taking strain. It's, I cannot deal with any outside things. I can only just deal with you as as a client in front of me. And now I'm now second being told by this procedure to just go for uh, what is mediation, mm-hmm. which I took and I regret because it was not my decision. I was basically forced to make this decision, mm-hmm. right? So there's many failures, and we, as a victim, I regret that many times. That okay, but it was not. It was best for my house, but it was not my choice. It was not initiated. Let me allow uh, Mr. Nika to to respond to your call. Okay, Nikita, but, uh, but I, would, you. I would just like to get contact details of the of, sure. of your guests to just we'll see how many how this mechanism can be set up in uh, the Eastern Cape. Sure, I, I, I we will certainly do that. Um, Mr. Nika, you are in Gauteng. Is this something that's likely to also be introduced in other provinces? 
Um, thank you, ma'am. I, I didn't get my brother's name yet, but Nikita. Nikita. Mm. Um, I think it was during 2016 when the social work MEC, who is now currently the Speaker of Parliament, mm-hmm. she came to Johannesburg and did a benchmarking of the Green Door. And they introduced it to Eastern Cape. In fact, this is what the impression that I got, that they introduced it to Eastern Cape as white doors. Okay. Same, same cu- concept, except with a yes. different name. Yes. Okay. I am currently, I, I currently, I'm currently not sure in terms yeah. of the progress or the function, their functionality that mm-hmm. far. Mm-hmm. But I know that she did come through and did um, 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 a benchmarking of that. Mm-hmm. But you can feel free to give him my numbers, okay. and we can take it further because we are in um, discuss. Like it's, often, we have bilateral with the mm. Department of Social Development, mm-hmm. so it's fine. I can be able to link him up. So you can give him my number. What are the relationships, as you said, between um, you know social development, uh, community safety, uh, UN, the department in the province, and also law enforcement? Because often I think what he's talking to as well is the attitudes and the responses. You also mentioned it, the response uh, from the police, where you have certain programs in place and yet people feel let down by the police. Starting with the relationship with the social development, they mm. are the custodians of the victim empowerment program. Mm. And gender-based violence, as the president has said, is now a pandemic and no longer a program. So each and every department has the responsibility of making sure that they participate when it comes to a program of gender-based violence. Our linkage with them currently, it has to do with them providing the police stations with the support of social workers, that is professional services. What we want, we want when victims, when they go to the police station, they don't find themselves in a situation whereby they report a case, after reporting the case, they run all over looking for counseling, for um, um, any trauma debriefing. Social development come whereby they link us or they fund the NGO that employs qualified social workers, those social workers sit in our police station every day to make sure that every victim that comes through the police station receives those services that are professional when it comes to victim empowerment. Mm -hmm. And and with us, Department of Community Safety, as, as, as indicated in the Constitution, we are supposed to do an oversight. Oversight in the sense that we need to ensure that the services that are indicated on your South African Police Act in terms of policing, addition, the victim empowerment, it's there. This One of the acts that guides a victim empowerment is your SEPS National Instruction 12 of 2012. Mm. It speaks to SEPS being responsible to make sure that they set aside a room that is victim-friendly. When I say victim-friendly, it needs to make sure that if a victim enters, feels comfortable and safe to report or to sit with whoever that is in that room. But that room needs to have people who are managing it. When we say managing, it has to have either your community volunteers, it has to have a SAPS coordinator who is a female who will be receiving these victims. From the Gauteng Department of Community Safety, we felt we also needed to have a partnership 
that also look at the quality of the victim empowerment services. Volunteers are volunteers, they're not social workers. That is where social development came into into being in partnership with the SEPs and us. Mm. Bringing the service of social workers and funding it. Our role, community safety, much as we do the monitoring, we also provide support. Mm. We look at the, the 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 victim. How best can we advocate for the victim when he, he she she or he comes to a police station? Hence, I was speaking to the flow management program. Mm. That flow management program is m- trying to minimise secondary victimisation. In the sense that police, there's been complaints that when people come in, police either they ignore a person, a person sits there without anybody taking or even acknowledging whoever entered their CSC, or a person comes in, there's not enough sanities that shows that there's a victim empowerment program at the police station. And at the same time, minimizes when we speak about secondary victimization, a situation whereby you go inside the police station and so you see the car, they keep on asking you, why were you wearing a skirt? Why were you doing there in that party? Blah, blah, blah. Why were you under the influence? It doesn't matter. If I'm a victim, I'm a victim, mm-hmm. even if I was mm-hmm. under the influence of alcohol. The yeah. fact is, I was raped. Mr. Neka, we're going to have to leave it here, and, and we'll give people details of where they can get uh, details for assistance if, if they are in Orange Farm or in other regions. We'll also give them details for the department as well. Nogpumla Dineka is acting director at Ikaya Letemba Empowerment Center, and they've put together the green door at Orange Farm. That brings us to 2.30. Let me go to Utsi Lesaku for the latest in headlines.